Hi there. You're about to listen to the Michael Files podcast. I'm your host, Michael Doherty. I'm a blogger, a podcaster, and author of a unique interpretation of the I Ching. Because of my bizarre childhood, I needed answers, and I investigated teachings both Western and Eastern until I found answers that worked for me. In these podcasts, and in my writings and my blogs, I want to share some of those insights with you, in the hope that they will be of help to you in navigating this strange thing called life. You may find ideas and insights that will help you on your journey. So, on to today's episode. Hi there, I'm Mike Doherty and this is the first in the How to Be Happy series of podcasts that I'll be doing over the next period of time. This is, I've called it, Happiness One. Now, in 1776, the founding fathers of the United States of America wrote a declaration, the Declaration of Independence on the, of the 4th of July, 1776. Now, this states that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I perhaps shouldn't mention, but this didn't really apply to blacks, and it didn't apply to women, um, neither of whom were considered by the founding fathers to be created equal. It seems to have applied to male wasps, that is, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Uh, sorry, I, I did mention it. Now, I could argue that none of these, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, is a right. But I want to concentrate on the third, the pursuit of happiness. Now, this suggests that happiness is a future state, that it's a goal to be pursued, an end to be reached, a destination to travel towards, an aim to be achieved. It suggests that happiness is a future state that we can attain. Now, this may trigger something in your mind, a statement that I will be happy when. Now, this is a very dangerous way of looking at life because if you think you're going to be happy at some time in the future, when you've achieved whatever goals you've set yourself, a new job, a new wife, a divorce, an even younger wife, a sum of money in the bank, a, a new car, a new bigger home, and so on. But actually, you know, this is ridiculous, because the future doesn't exist. I want to consider the concepts of past, present and future. I'm going to suggest that neither the past nor the future exists, but that even if they do, we can never experience either of them. <laughs> I know that sounds a bit crazy, but please bear with me. The flow of time that we all think we experience is just the way the conscious mind deals with change. We can consider the idea of now, that is, this present moment, in two different ways. We can say that it's that instant of time in which the future flips and becomes the past. 
Now this suggests that this present moment, this now moment, is infinitely short. That it has no duration in time. That it's just a point at which the future becomes the past. Uh, but on this basis there is no now. It's just the future becoming the past. Or we can look upon the present moment as eternal. The now moment is where we all live. Our lives are a continuous succession of now moments. Now, all we can ever experience is this present moment, because there's nothing else. If anything interferes with our experiencing this now moment, then we're not truly alive. Let's talk about the past. What is the past? Our only access to the past is through memory. Our only way of experiencing it is through memory. But what are memories? They are tracks laid down in the nerves and the neurons and their connections in the brain. But these tracks are there now. They may have been laid down in some previous now moment. But we can only experience them when the so-called future becomes the present. Let's talk about the present. The present is all there is. It's the only time that we can actually experience anything. Because there's nothing else but the present moment, the now moment. So if we live in the past, or hope that things will change in the future, we are not experiencing this present moment. And that is the only place we can be alive. How about the future? We can plan for the future, but we're doing that in the now moment, which just reinforces the idea that all we've got is now. So, we can say that on the basis of these different ways of thinking about time, the past and the future do not exist. To say, I will be happy when, is frankly ridiculous. You can only be happy now. Happiness is not a destination. Happiness is the way, the journey. And we have to discover how to be happy in this present moment, whatever our current circumstances are. Yes, we can be happy, whatever our circumstances. Perhaps I should use the word peace of mind rather than happy. We can have peace of mind, whatever our circumstances, whether we think they're good, bad or indifferent. Because those words, good, bad or indifferent, are judgments. And judgments are based on our perception of things. And we can change our perceptions. Now, it's true that we cannot control much of what goes on out there out there in the so-called real world. We've got no control over probably 90% of that. But we've got 100% control over what goes on in here, inside us. And by changing the way we look at things, by changing our perception of how things are, we can achieve peace of mind in the present moment. And if we do that, then frankly, we'll be happy. Most people spend their lives doing work they dislike, 
so that they can earn enough money to buy possessions, to pursue leisure, leisure activities, to take holidays, in the hope that these will make us happy. And this is a vain hope. Most of us live our lives based on having enough money and leisure so that we can be involved in doing the things we think we want to do, buying more and more stuff, all the while hoping and expecting that this will produce the state of being happy. I've used three words there. Having, doing, being. Having enough to do the things we want in the hopes that we will be happy. But you know, it just doesn't work. It's the wrong way round. We've got to start by being happy. Now this means discovering and being who we really are. This will then build the foundation that will let us do what's important to us, which will allow us to attract more of what we truly want in life. By truly want, I mean that which resonates with your true self, your higher self, not your ego's desire to accumulate possessions. Although accumulating possessions is not prohibited, it's the motivation that is that is important. You can accumulate possessions, but if you are doing that in order to be happy, it doesn't work. You mustn't be attached to the outcome. In other words, your happiness doesn't depend upon stuff you've got. This idea of being, doing and having in that order is one of the rules or laws by which the universe runs. We'll be considering some of the other rules. This universe of ours runs on a set of rules and laws. For example, if you step off a high building, you'll be subject to the law of gravity. Whether or not you believe it, you will accelerate towards the ground and you will suddenly stop. If you poke your finger into a live electrical socket, you'll be subject to those laws that control the flow of electric current. If you go out in the rain, you'll get wet. But you know, the universe isn't out to get you. It frankly doesn't care whether you live or die. And as far as the universe is concerned, you don't exist as an individual. Because as far as the universe is concerned, according to all the great spiritual masters, there is just one of us. There is just one thing. So your idea of being a separate individual is an illusion. So how could the universe care about that? It runs by a set of rules. And if you break them, you must suffer the consequences. But equally, if you can understand the laws and be aware of them, you can in many ways make the universe work for you. Now, I'm using the word universe, you can call it what you like, you can call it the life force, you can call it God if you want to. But this all comes down to the fact that you've got to be happy in the present moment. This means that you've got to practice being. Notice being, not doing. Collecting stuff is a doing. It doesn't make you happy. Happiness exists within the being. So how can we do this? If you sit somewhere quiet and comfortable, you can meditate. 
Now, I know meditation carries all, all sorts of baggage, but I'm not talking about meditation as it frequently is understood, where you need incense, candles, singing bowls, special clothing and sitting in a particular position. And by the way, if you haven't been sitting in the lotus position since you were very young, you could do yourself some damage, so don't bother. Now, you can do all these things if you want to. You can burn incense, you can be in special robes, you can sing, you can light candles, you can hit singing bowls, you can do anything you like, but they're not necessary. All you've got to do is close your eyes. Try and sit somewhere quiet, somewhere where you're not going to be disturbed. Switch off the phone, switch off your mobile, get out of social media. Be in a place where you won't be interrupted. If you're in a family situation, you may have to lay down some rules. You may have to say, look, I need half an hour of my own time. Most people will go along with that. They'll accommodate you. First thing to do is to close your eyes. Later on, you can meditate with your eyes open, but, uh, you know, we're at the beginning here. The purpose is to get in touch with your body. Your body, quite apart from being an amazing piece of equipment, your body is an interface between your higher self and you, who you think you are. So get in touch with your body. What are you hearing? What are you feeling? For example, if you're sitting on a chair, feel the pressure of the chair on the various parts of your body. If it weren't there, you'd hit the ground. So it's pushing upwards against you in exactly the right amount of force to counteract your weight pushing downwards. Feel your feet on the floor, or if you're lying on the bed, feel the whole of your body being supported by this bed. You may find that um, you may not have to sleep. Well, one way of dealing with that is to lie on the bed in a different position from the one you normally sleep in. Pay attention to your breathing. See if you can feel the breath entering and leaving your nostrils. Feel any tensions in your body. Feel where your hands are. They may be lying on your, on your stomach, they may be lying on your legs. Feel them. Feel where they're situated. You may have noticed that after a while of keeping your hands still, you don't actually know where they are. The idea is not to think about these things, just to feel them, just to be aware of them just to experience them without judging them to be good, bad or otherwise. If you prefer, you can do this exercise with your eyes open. Just fix your gaze on a single point and experience what you are feeling. When you fix your gaze on a single point for any length of time, you'll see the area around that point go fuzzy and start to move. This is quite normal. When you actually do this exercise, you'll be experiencing the now, the present moment. Your body will be telling you about the now. Now, many people go through life without ever experiencing what is happy now. Sorry, what is happening now. We tend to live in those illusory places, the past and the future. And that's where the ego comes from. It's made up from past experience, and it fears the future. But that's the subject of another talk. This is a form of meditation you can do at almost any time. 
If you're going to pick up the children from school and you're waiting outside, keep your eyes open and just feel your body. Any time on a, in a, on a train journey, a plane journey, whenever you have time when you're not doing anything, practice being. Just a few moments experiencing the now moment, whenever you can, is a very valuable way of conducting, contacting the real you, your higher self. This higher self is always happy, joyful and fulfilled. When you contact this higher self, even if only briefly, you will bring back some of that joy when you return to your normal life. It helps greatly if you do this regularly. But even a few moments each day is sufficient to begin to have a positive effect. That's all for now. I wish you well. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Michael Files podcast. I hope it has been of help to you. If it has been of use, I would really appreciate feedback. You can find out more about me and what I do on my website, themichaelfiles.com, and you can search for The Michael Files on social media. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye for now, and I wish you well.